Hey, cross trainers, Donnie P here. Uh, I'm coming to you Sunday night for me here in Australia, June the 19th. So hope you've had a great week. Uh, just before I get into it, you can contact me if you want to at crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. That's crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. So what do I feel God is saying to me this week? Well, I think the message I'm getting loud and clear from sermons at church as well as in general in my own uh, study time is uh, that God is saying that we really need to know the word personally, intimately, purposefully and intentionally because when we engage with the word, um, and mix the word with faith, then we get clarity of our identity, our direction, our purpose, and what truth and lies are, and uh, who to listen to, because whether you believe it or not, someone is broadcasting to you. Uh, God is always uh, speaking, and so is the enemy, and you've got to know the difference between both of those voices. And if you're not engaged with the word of God, then by default, you're going to be engaging with the word of the enemy. Uh, believe that or not, but it's actually a fact. So to do nothing is self-deception. Um, you know, it's, it's impossible to sit on, on the fence. Uh, we aren't sitting on any fence. We're either for God and engage with him or we're engaged with the enemy. And, and the word itself says that we can't serve two masters we can either serve God and follow him or serve the enemy and follow him. But uh, we we can't do both. So if you think you can do both, well, you're actually deceived. And I mean, I'm not pointing a finger at you because I'd have four coming back at me and I've been there and done that. But I'm speaking uh, to you from practical experience. So I've, uh, I've been in both camps and I know which camp I'd rather dwell in. And yeah, <laughs> simple as that really. So the more we know, speak, live and apply the word, uh, the more on task and on assignment we actually become and vice versa. So if we're not engaging with the word and believing it, speaking it, living it, understanding with it or understanding it, then uh, the, the cares of this life and other things will take first place in our lives and we'll be worried, confused, anxious, tense, nervous. Uh, we won't have any heart peace or any other sort of peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and you you can't actually know peace if you don't know him. Um, to think otherwise is actually delusional and again, I'm not trying to rain on your parade but I'm speaking to you from personal experience. I mean, I am someone that um, I've, I've sort of read the word for about 40 years. I'm 58 currently, and um, I'm not saying to you that I've been fully engaged with it uh, at any time uh, other than of sort of uh, in my most recent walk of faith because part of the reason I put this uh, pod... Um, <coughs> excuse me... Um, podcast together for you is because I'm ministering to myself as much as I'm ministering to you. So I know what it's like to, you know, put other things before God and not engage with the word and get involved with the world and, 
you know, get into social media and politics and news and whatever else is going on or any distraction that you can possibly name. I've been there and done that. And I can tell you right now that knowing the word of God, speaking the word of God, believing the word of God, mixing faith with the word of God is way better than any of that other stuff. Uh, happiness, I've come to, to learn, is spiritual and we can't be truly happy unless we know Jesus. And uh, we might think we can, but realistically, what we may call happiness is just a relative form of misery. It's not true happiness. We can't be truly happy unless we know who God is. And um, Psalm 1 speaks a lot on that. You know, blessed and happy is the man, and you can read that for yourself, and you'll see um, how... It's really important um, in terms of happiness, who you hang around with, who you listen to, and what, what you do. That's a large part of happiness. So if you're not happy, look at yourself and look at your uh, walk with God, but also look at who you're hanging around with. And um, if you're hanging around with people you shouldn't be hanging around with, well, you're ultimately going to have to make a choice. Uh, do you want to hang around with them and get their values or, or do you want to hang around with someone more positive who uh, can encourage you and lead you into uh, better things so yeah that's uh, just a free bit of life experience that I've uh, learnt the hard way actually and again I know what I'd rather do so as a general comment I'm sure that uh, well if you've been looking around um You've seen, as I have, a lot of quote-unquote believers who are acting, speaking, thinking and believing like the world is. And again, this is not condemning anyone. It's, it's just an um, observation, a statement of fact, and we've all been there. So uh, the reason why people are acting, speaking, thinking and believing like the world is simply they're not engaging with the Word of God. Um, so they aren't actually applying the knowledge of God's promises on healing, peace of mind, heart peace, freedom from fear, anxiety, depression, and whatever. And they're settling for what the enemy wants for them rather than what God and Jesus died to give them. So it's a pretty dumb thing to do. And again, I've been there, done that, and I have the t-shirt. So again, I'm not condemning anyone that's there right now, but I'm saying to you that Jesus paid the price and shed his blood so you don't have to be there. You don't have to dwell in that place. And Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So you've really got to know what the word says and engage with it in order to not be ripped off by the enemy. Because if you think that you're not in a spiritual war, then, then you're deluded. All you have to do is look around you wherever you live, anywhere in the world, and if if you can't see it, then there's something seriously wrong. Uh, there is a spiritual war going on right now anywhere you live in the world, whether you'd like to admit it or, or not. Um, so given that we are in a war and that you've got an enemy of your soul trying to take you down, um, I would suggest that both you and I get serious about our uh, our walk with God and put on the whole armour of God, as Ephesians 6 says, so that we can stand when times are tough. Um, 
You know, so um, John eight thirty two it says, um, "Know the truth, and the truth will set you free." So, carrying a Bible around under your arm, or having multiple versions in your house, or having it on your phone, or laptop, or whatever, and not engaging with it will not do you any good. Um, you've you've got to engage with it and speak it, live it, um, understand it. Let the Holy Spirit. Uh, speak to you and unpack what it's saying. Um, that's the way to go. So Hebrews 4.2 says, uh, when you uh, mix the word with faith, well, you're basically going to get a um, explosive uh, reaction. So the word without faith isn't really that much of a big deal, but if you, if you read it with faith and you're seeking God to unpack it for you and open your mind, then you'll radically increase your expectation and belief and faith. And, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So you've got to engage with the word to have faith. So it's sort of a uh, cyclical type of thing. Um, you know, so, yeah, when we mix the word with our personal faith, uh, we will have all sorts of uh, things happen in our lives for, well, in, in a positive way. So I'd encourage you to radically increase your expectation and belief and faith. For instance, uh, why can't you heal people by walking past them and letting your shadow touch them, just like Peter did? The, the fact of the matter is that if we believe it, if we engage with the word enough, then we can do that. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Um, why can't we take authority over sickness, disease and demons? Uh, the answer is that we can if we believe that we can. You know, the enemy's sold us a big lie going, oh, who do you think you are? Well, I know who I am. I'm a, uh, a butt-kicking, demon-throwing uh, uh, child of God. I'm, I'm, I'm not prepared to put up with the the enemy encroaching on my life or my family, trying to steal, kill and destroy uh, in my family. He's done enough of that and um, I'm coming back to raid his storehouse and to get uh, compensation for what he's stolen. Um, You know, like the enemy only has power over us if we give it to him. Apart from that, he's got no power. He... he, uh, goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but he isn't a roaring lion he's just pretending that he is one i mean uh yesterday it was an interesting thing here on the gold coast there's a place called mount tambourine and myself and my wife were going up there for a little tour together looking around experiencing some of the shops and there's there's a lot of witchcraft up there and there's one particular uh, place which is actually well fully satanic there, there's practicing witches in there and just by the look of the people outside you can you can imagine what they do in there i mean there's um, all sorts of stuff going on there tarot card readings and psychic readings and you know witchcraft spells and all all of this sort of stuff and the the enemy is uh coming out of the closet now he he knows his time is short and um, he's going full tilt. He's making a frontal attack on anything to do with God. 
Um, he's um, attacking families. He's, he's attacking faith. He's um, attacking sanity. He's attacking health. Um, he's attacking finances. There's um, basically nothing off limits to him. So um, you've got to engage with the word to know the power and authority that you have. You can send the enemy packing. Um, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So don't be afraid of the enemy. Uh, he, he has no power. Jesus defeated him and put him to an open shame by his death at the cross and more importantly by his resurrection because every demon in hell was trying to stop Jesus getting resurrected and, and they couldn't do it. That was the greatest display of power by God, greater than even the creation of the universe because um, at the creation stage, uh, you know, there, well, there may have been uh, some, uh, you know, demonic stuff going on, but nothing like what it would have been in terms of trying to stop Jesus uh, coming back to life after he was put to death. So, yeah, I mean, we we are victors. Uh, we, we have nothing to fear. We don't have to fear which, witches or hexes or curses or incantations or any, any junk that the enemy has. Um, you shouldn't be afraid of that stuff. And also, let's talk more about Jesus than we do about the enemy. Um, you know, it's, it, it's high time we, we started talking about the power of Christ and what he's done for us and the victory that we have rather than talking about deficits and, and lack and what the enemy's doing. Who, who cares what the enemy's doing? Let's stop caring about what the enemy's doing and let's start caring about Jesus. So uh, Romans 12.3 talks about the measure of faith. Uh, there is only one measure, even though other versions of scripture like uh, the NIV um, it, it says Romans twelve three a a measure of faith, but uh, the King James version uh, I believe is the most accurate translation because it talks about the measure of faith, not a measure of faith. Because when you think about it, if God gave uh, to us a measure of faith, like think about it, I mean, if He gave some people a teaspoonful or some people a soup ladle or some people a bucket or whatever then he would be a respecter of persons. Um, he would be playing favourites. And Acts 10.34 says that God is no respecter of persons. So um, it's a matter of using what we've got. But everyone has the same measure of faith, the measure of faith. And when you look at other aspects of Scripture, the faith we have is the faith of Christ. It's not our faith. So uh, we've got everything we could possibly have to succeed. So uh, let's increase our expectation um, of what we can do in this sick and dying world. Um, this world is on a collision course, uh, well, with uh, the, the destiny that Jesus has put in uh, prophecy. Uh, this civilization is getting wrapped up. You can see it everywhere. It's becoming really tangible lately. Um, you know, when, when you look at the statue mentioned uh, in Daniel, uh, you know, Daniel's interpretation of the dream um, of King Nebuchadnezzar, um, you know, that is a 
chronology of all of the uh, civilizations and the history of, of the world in one chapter and you look at Revelation and other aspects of Scripture and, um, you know, God is right on time. He's never early, he's never late, he's right on time, but he's, co- he's coming back and maybe sooner than we, than we all know or um, expect. So there, there's a lot in Scripture about the, the wise virgins having their lamps ready full of oil rather than having to try and go out and buy some when the master returns, when the bridegroom comes uh, back. So, you know, let's fill our lamps now with the Holy Spirit and let's be active and and be engaged with the Word of God. So, um, you know, I I, I just want to hit that point, though. Acts 10.34, God is no respecter of persons. Uh, I, I think that that is a really important point because... It's, it's just a fact that some people do more with the measure of faith that they have than others do. And people might think, oh, wow, you know, they're gifted or look at that minister guy or, you know, what a great sermon. How could I do that? Or I can't heal the sick or I can't cast out demons or whatever. Well, yes, you you can because Jesus lives in you. He's the yes and the amen of God. And he told us uh, to go uh, to go and these signs will follow those who believe. They'll cast out demons, they'll heal the sick, and so forth. So, you know, um, if, if you engage with the Word, if you believe the Word, you speak the Word, and more importantly, you mix it with faith, and then you expect uh, what the Word promises, then the enemy will quake in his shoes. He will freak out just at, 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 at the sound of your name. Um, he will absolutely have a fit and he will run away before you even turn up. And there's a lot of examples um, in India and elsewhere around the world where uh, disciples of Jesus, like people that really engage with the word, that know who they are in Christ, and active missionaries on assignment that are going out to heal people, a lot of uh, sickness is actually demonic, as you can see from what uh, Jesus encountered. And um, I'm not one of these people that, you know, looks for demons under every, well, you know, in every situation or whatever. But the factor of the matter is that um, a lot of sickness is demonic, um, you know, and when you deal with it in that way, then um, the, the person is restored to health. So not every sickness, but a lot of sickness is that way. So one of my favorites, uh, favorite passages of all time is Psalm 91, and the reason why I like it is because it has so many promises in there, and it's sort of like climbing a spiritual staircase. Um, you know, if, if you say and do certain things, then you get the benefits um, of what the, the chapter has to say. So I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Version, and I'll, um, I'll unpack it for you as we go. So... Psalm 91 verse 1, Amplified Version. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can stand. So let's talk about that. There's a lot of profound things there. So firstly, that um, word dwells. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So... Dwelling refers to actually living in a place, not being a casual visitor. So 
if you're a casual visitor, you won't actually get the benefits of what this is saying. So in other words, if you don't really know who Jesus is, you're not engaging with the word. Um, you're not spending time with God to let him speak to you and let the Holy Spirit unpack uh, his destiny for your life, then um, you're not going to get the benefits of what this says. So he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, so you've got to live there, shall remain stable and fixed. So remaining stable and fixed refers to uh, not falling apart like a cheap uh, suitcase like that you may have bought in Bangkok or something like that uh, when strife or troubles come. You're stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose power no foe can withstand. So when you're stable and fixed in the power of God and you, you know who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you and you've got a solid personal relationship going on and you're engaging with the word, you're unpacking it, you're praying, you're meditating, you're fasting, you're, you know, fully engaged with God, um, then you're going to get the benefits. Uh, the enemy will not come near you because uh, he can't. Um, he cannot withstand the power of God. So that was verse one. Verse two, I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely and in him I confidently trust. So let's unpack that. I will say of the Lord. So this promise is contingent on us speaking out uh, that the Lord is my refuge, as in your refuge, whatever your name is, your personal refuge and your fortress, your God, on him you can rely and on him you can confidently trust. So when you verbalize that, when you actually speak it out, then you'll get the benefits of the rest of Psalm 91. So I, insert your name there, will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, on him I will lean and rely, and in him I will confidently trust. So we're not trusting the media, we're not trusting doctors, we're not trusting money, uh, retirement plans, friends, relatives, opinions, whatever, we're trusting God, we're leaning into and relying on Him and we're having confidence in Him and putting our trust in Him. So verse 3, for then, well then meaning if you do what it says in verse 2, meaning I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, on Him I lean and rely and in Him I confidently trust. Then once you do that, He will deliver you, and again put your name there, from the snare of the fowler. If you don't know what a fowler is, it's um, basically a person that catches birds and they put up this fine net and the birds don't see it, see it and they fly into it and they get caught. So uh, this is what the enemy does. He will set traps for us and we don't even see it, uh, just like what a fowler does with, with, with a bird, you know, like a, a pigeon or, or something like that. So... The enemy has been doing these sorts of things for a long time and the reason he does it is because he's very effective at it and he does snare a lot of people. But if we say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, on him I lean, reliant and confidently trust, then he will deliver you, put your name in there, from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Well, 
guess what? COVID is a deadly pestilence. Um, monkey virus or whatever this crazy thing is now that's coming out is a deadly pestilence. The, the influenza or uh, pick a name, it's a deadly pestilence, whatever it might be. But if you say what verse 2 says, then you'll be delivered from Satan's snares and from deadly pestilence. So, you know, this dovetails into having peace in God, um, you know, leaning in and relying on and being confident in the deliverance that God will provide for you if you verbalize it. So when you do that, you will be delivered from Satan's snares and from the deadly pestilence. I mean, this is awesome, you know. It's such a great promise. Um, Verse 4, then, once you do all that stuff, then he will cover you with his pinions, which is basically the uh, legs, the powerful legs of an eagle. If you've ever watched uh, documentaries, uh, the eagle's legs are incredibly powerful with the big uh, talons on the end. Uh, Without the eagle's legs, and the the talons they they would starve and you know cease to exist and their young would not be fed so the pinions are uh, you know a major part of what the eagle is and what the eagle does so then he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge so if you've ever looked at a documentary uh, of eagles in their nest when the wind and the rain are pelting down, lightning, thunder, whatever else is going on. Uh, The eagle, uh, whichever parent it may be, the male or the female, it it completely uh, covers the eaglets in in the nest so that the wind and the rain and the storm, whatever else is going on, uh, will not even touch the, the, uh, the chicks. They're fully protected under the wings of the parent. So this is what God wants us to understand, that um, he will uh, cover us. Um, He'll be right there. He'll cover us so that we'll actually be invisible to the enemy. uh, And the enemy can't do anything to us, regardless of what's happening around us. You know, God will cover us with his protection. So I'll read that again. Uh, Once you do all the other stuff in verse 1 to 3, verse 4, then he will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings shall he trust and find refuge. So if you're looking for refuge, that's where and how to find it. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. So this dovetails into Ephesians 6 about the shield of faith. Um, Yeah, I mean, scripture is here a little, there a little. And when you unpack what it says and It'll, it'll trigger you as to other passages and it'll all make sense. It's like a, like a giant jigsaw puzzle. You, you've got to pick pieces out in context and then you'll get the complete picture. So, um, yeah, the, the, uh, protection that God offers us, uh, when we trust in Him, uh, He will, um, you know, reveal His truth to us and He will be faithful. And he, he will put up a shield for us and there's nothing we need to be afraid of. In verse 5, here we go. Uh, you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the evil plots of the arrows and the slanders of the wicked that flies by day. So uh, when you're a real believer, 
this world uh, just by default of who you are and what you are and the threat you pose to the enemy, you're going to get arrows coming your way. There will be evil plots against you and there will be slander against you as as a, a matter of fact. Um, there is nothing the enemy hates more than someone that is actively engaged with the word of God. Um, he's terrified by it and he will definitely shoot arrows at you. He will concoct evil plots and slanders uh, to, to try and bring you down. But it's nothing to be bothered about because, you know, we're under the wings of God, uh, protected by his truth and by his faithfulness. So verse 6, so, well, I'll, I'll read verse 5 again. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow in brackets, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. Verse 6, nor of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. Well, you know, we've, we've just been through two years of pestilence stalking uh, in darkness and destruction, um, you know, laying waste at noonday. COVID has been around uh, doing that, but not just COVID, other forms of sickness and disease. So um, verse 5 says that we don't have to be afraid of that stuff or anything else. So whatever the enemy's got, whether it's COVID or some other thing, um, it doesn't matter. So verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. So um, again, like if you've had COVID, I'm not condemning you, but I would hazard a guess and say that if you've had it, then maybe you didn't actually know what Psalm 91 said, because if you believe what this says, then it won't come near you. Um, simple as that. And I mean, people in my own household have have it, have, have had it. Um, but I know for a fact that a lot of us have not engaged with the Word of God. We've just probably expected to get COVID, and as a result of that expectation, or out of, well, put it this way, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so you can, uh, when you listen to anyone, you can tell what's on their heart and you can tell what they believe and what they don't believe. Uh, and again, I'm not condemning anyone that has had COVID, uh, but I mean, I'm putting Psalm 91 in, into play and I, I, I believe it. I'm not going to get it and I'll never get it. I refuse to get it or anything else the enemy wants me to get. Um, I'm just, what I'm going to get is I'm going to, uh, get an extra dose of faith and belief. And, um, I'm going to explode that by mixing faith with the word of God. And I'm going to run the enemy over, uh, because God said I can, uh, nothing is impossible for those who believe. Um, so I'm not putting up with the enemy's sickness, disease, or oppression, depression, or any of that stuff. Um, things will come, um, on us in life um, because we're still human beings. We aren't, um, you know, our, our thinking is flawed at times, but it doesn't have to be that way. So again, verse seven, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. So you've, you've got to expect that it won't. Verse eight, only a spectator shall you be 
yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. Well, you know, sickness, oppression and other stuff is not anything that we should be experiencing. Um, you know, it's it's not ours. Um, Jesus died to take it away. First Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53.5 By his stripes we were healed, by his stripes we are healed. But unfortunately, a lot of us haven't engaged with the word deeply enough to believe it and to expect to get what that says. But the fact is that Jesus paid for healing at the cross as much as he paid for the uh, remission of sin. Um, A lot of people don't believe that, which is exactly why they're not healed. Um, You know, because uh, unto their faith is what actually happens to them. If, If they don't believe in healing, then they won't be healed. So go figure, you know. Um, and again, this is not a condemnation of anyone because if I point the finger at you, I've got four coming back at me. But if we increase our, um, our belief in our faith, then we don't have to put up with what the world puts up with. And Jesus paid for healing for his people, for those that believe in him and for those that believe in the power of his blood. And so, if you're not being healed, it's not that Jesus is not powerful enough to do it. It's that somewhere along the line, if you're truthful with yourself, you didn't actually engage with the word. You didn't believe what the word said. And maybe you even verbalized what the enemy wants you to verbalize rather than believing what the word of God says and engaging with it. And that's why you're actually not healed. But there is a solution to that which is engage with the word, believe what the word says above your human experience, your feelings, your emotions, what your eyes see, what your mind is telling you, and the broadcasting that you're getting. Uh, Put the word of God and the promises of God above anything um, to date that you've experienced, and you will find victory in that. But you've got to mix faith with belief and engage with the word to get the uh, results, to get healing. Healing is not going to come by being a casual, uh, you know, reader of scripture or a casual person that might pray, I don't know, once a week or read the Bible once a week or whatever. Um, if, if you do that sort of stuff, you're, you're just going to get run over and you'll be like the world. And then the enemy will work on you to turn you against God and go, well, you know, um, it's a bunch of hoopla. Uh, God doesn't heal. Well, yes, he does. It's just that you didn't put yourself in a situation to get healed and you're looking to blame someone, even God, for your lack of faith and lack of diligence. So this is sort of a hard word, but it's actually true. So if you engage with the word, if you believe what Jesus did at the cross, if you put the word of God above any of your feelings, thoughts, experiences, or emotions, then you will get what the word says. Um, so uh, verse, uh, let's see, <laughs> that was uh, a bit full on, but it's, it's true. So um, verse 9, because you have made the Lord your refuge in the most high, your dwelling place, verse 10, there shall no evil befall, befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. Well, again, 
if that stuff has come near your tent, or plagues or calamities, well, I would say that you haven't engaged with or believed the word of God. And you might be going, you're, so you're saying I'm responsible. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, it's not me saying it, it's the word of God. So we have to be responsible for, uh, for what we experience in this life. Jesus went to the cross to pay the price so that we could be healed, saved, delivered, set free and made whole. And so if you're not experiencing that, or if I'm not, we're the problem. It's not Jesus. He already paid the price 2,000 years ago. And here's a radical statement. Jesus is not healing anyone today. He did it uh, 2,000 years ago. He's already paid that price. So all we have to do is believe what he did, accept it, and put it into into practice and um, not waver on it. And um, we will have an explosion of amazing things in our lives when we mix the word of God with our personal faith. Um, so verse 11, uh, for he will give his angels charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. So expect the angels of God to minister to you. Um, I've personally met angels of God. Uh, it might sound like a strange thing, but I have. And I'll give you testimonies of that. If you want to hear it, uh, send me an email at uh, crosstrainers at outlook.com. Oh, sorry, crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. If you want to hear testimonies about that, I, I know it was real. It happened to me. I've experienced it. And I'm, I'm not crazy. Angels are real. And they're here ministering to us. They're ministering spirits sent by God um, to minister to us. And, um, yeah, that's another story. But, uh, yeah, the angels are out there and they're, uh, they're encouraging us and they're uh, intervening in our lives and um, bringing us to glory uh, when we'll get to meet Jesus face to face. So, verse 12, they shall bear you up. Uh, on their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone and that's uh, what uh, was quoted by Satan to Jesus in the temptation the 40-day temptation but with Satan he will always quote scripture out of context um, but he knows the power of of the word and that's exactly why he quoted the word to Jesus but it was the uh, reviled standard version, uh, or, or reviled slandered version, not the true version. He, he quoted it out of context, but um, Jesus replied to him with the word in context. And again, this shows the power of the word of God, because that was one of the most important battles uh, of, um, well, of, uh, the uh, human history um, and Jesus won it uh, the enemy took off uh, but it was fought and won by the correct usage in context of the word of God um, so verse 13 you shall tread upon the lion and the adder the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot well this is referring to, to demonic entities uh, so you might remember what I said earlier about uh, Satan masquerading as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, 
Um, you know, in this context here, the lines referring to demonic uh, forces and the Adder, uh, you know, Satan hijacked a snake in the garden and does a lot of stuff with snakes. Um, yes, yeah, so the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. So, you know, we've, we've got authority over anything the enemy wants to bring. But if you don't think you've got authority, you don't believe you've got authority, you waver on that, then you'll get run over. So you've got to engage with the word and realize the authority that you've been given in Christ to uh, not only battle with, but to defeat every work of the enemy. So verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. And this is really amazing and has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love and kindness. Trust and relies on me, knowing I will never leave him. No, never. So this is saying what I said in the earlier part of this verse. You know, we set our love upon God. Um, and so God delivers us. Um, he will set us on high because we know and understand his name. And we have a personal knowledge of his mercy, love and kindness. And we trust and rely on God and will, and as a result, God will never leave us. No, never. So, it's 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 just awesome. This this psalm is absolutely amazing. Um, so, verse fifteen: He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? So. I mean, what, what amazing promises that, that God provides us with. Um, he is just so good to us, and we really need to wake up to ourselves. Uh, seriously, we've, we've got to wake up, read the Word, engage with the Word, believe the Word, speak the Word, uh, give the Word top priority in our lives. Uh, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things... Um, Whatever things you you want in life shall be added unto you. Um, I would say that with a qualification, if they're good for you. God is a good father. Uh, sometimes the best thing he can do for us is not answer our prayers because what we think we want is actually something that if we got it, it would uh, bring harm to us. He's a good father. When we ask him for a fish, he's not going to give us a stone, but... At the same time, he reserves the right to say no, just like any good father. I mean, you know, with our children, I mean, if I saw them when they were young doing stuff that I knew would harm them, I would uh, make sure that I prevented that from happening because I like to think I, I was a good father or I am a good father and I believe that, that I am. You know, but it was my responsibility for my children if I thought that they are under threat or about to do something that could harm them to, to stop it, you know, and how much more would God the Father or does God the Father do that for his children now? Um, you know, God loves us so much that he gave his only son and was prepared for him to die and take sin, um, sickness, disease and every oppression, depression and whatever else was out there on himself. Uh, to reconcile us to him. Um, 
you know, he he did something amazing. I mean, we, we could never repay him, uh, yet he gives us his grace. Um, so I'm, I'm just blown away by what God has done. But I want to encourage everyone listening to this to to step it up, you know, be who you are in Christ. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. And it's it's time you started living um, according to the fact, if you're a believer in Jesus, that you are a king and a priest. You're part of the royal priesthood. So time to start acting like it. Start living according to your privileges, um, what Christ died to give you, and stop uh, nickel and diming him and his sacrifice and get real with him and with yourself and start running the enemy over. And uh, in time, when you walk by someone that's sick, you won't even have to say anything. Uh, your shadow will will heal them if you believe. Um, you know, so I, I encourage you to engage with the word, um, yeah, to love God and serve others and help others and uh, you know, by no means am I saying I'm perfect or I have it all together. I'm ministering to myself as much as I'm ministering to you. But this word is just awesome, you know, and if we're not engaging with it, we're really getting ripped off and we're listening to the voice of someone else rather than the voice of, of the good shepherd, a.k.a. Jesus. So go on today uh, or this week. Um, make the changes in your life that you need to make get honest with yourself get real with God confess uh, to him where you're at and just ask him to help you and he will and you will be amazed at how your life will change for the better when you engage with the word of God when you speak it when you believe it when you put it above your thoughts feelings experiences emotions uh, what you see um, you know, it'll it'll just do great things in your life. It'll help you overcome really difficult, habitual sin that you haven't been able to shake. There is an answer, and his name is Jesus, but you can only engage with him through the word and through personal time with him in the secret place. So go ahead and do that. Thanks for listening. Um, I look forward to speaking to you next week and be blessed. Bye for now.